And that sound means that it is time for Straight Talk here on Real Presence Live. 877-795-0122 is the number to call. You can also log in on our uh, Facebook pa- uh, Facebook passage, uh, uh, Facebook page, I should say, uh, and uh, leave a question there. And I see one that has been posted right away on our Facebook page from Delane. Uh, she says, I've been sickly for years. I've had a blessing for this that has also been years ago. Should I get blessed again? I'm assuming that the reference being made there is anointing of the sick. And I guess the short answer that I would give to that question is certainly. Um, What I tell my parishioners is that on one hand, we don't want anointing of the sick to be received in a um, overly scrupulous or um, superstitious way, as if you were just kind of punching a time card and, okay, it's time for me to be anointed. So the the circumstances that I recommend to people is if they are of an advanced age, if they have a chronic serious medical condition, or if they are preparing for some surgery or major medical procedure, obviously those are times to request anointing of the sick, which is the sacrament that embodies in a specific way that beautiful blessing that Jesus imparts to people in the Gospels who, as I mentioned during our Perfectly Yours segment just a couple of minutes ago, would uh, express their faith in him that he could remove their maladies and their illnesses. And so we impart those graces, asking God to pour out his gifts, spiritual to be sure, but also if he grants it physical gifts as well. The title that had been given to anointing of the sick uh, in the Middle Ages of extreme unction um, can be confusing because some people interpreted the word extreme as, boy, I have to be on my deathbed or right at death's door before I can even consider being anointed. That's not true. Um, The extreme refers to the seriousness of one's condition. Unctio in extremis, you might say, the Latin phrase, an anointing in a case of extremity. If somebody has some serious uh, um, uh, illness, that they are looking to receive uh, receive healing from and, and relief from. Uh, it definitely is appropriate to ask for the sacrament of anointing. And in fact, I can attest to having anointed people uh, several times in the final days or weeks of their life uh, just because of the seriousness of their illness and as a way to accompany them pastorally. So we're looking for a balance where we're not just reserving it until some uh, divined moment, you might say, toward the end of one's life where you can determine, okay, this is right about toward the end, but we don't want to uh, we don't want to distribute the sacrament if there isn't a, a serious legitimate need for it. Uh, so I would say uh, for, for Delane or for anyone else in, in their case, definitely request uh, anointing of the sick. And I know I, in my parish, try to, uh, at least a couple of times a year, have a communal anointing of some sort uh, immediately after weekend masses, something like that, so that people may feel a little bit more at ease and aren't thinking, well, I, you know, I know I could use this, but do I really need to, uh, to, to contact, uh, you know, the, the priest directly so that there is a little bit more availability of the sacrament? So we thank you, Delane, for that question. And the 
The number here is 877-795-0122. We look forward to hearing from you in this Straight Talk segment. It's a lot more fun if you're hearing other voices besides my own. So we look forward to your calling in. In the meantime, I want to explain a little bit about the Benedictine Medal. You may have seen there is a circular medal that uh, Benedictines uh, strike and uh, wear. On the front of the medal is uh, an image of St. Benedict holding a cross. And uh, there are various uh, various words that are uh, printed, or letters that uh, represent a phrase. On the front, uh, around the outside of the medal, uh, CSSML, NDSMD, uh, of Latin words which are translated, May the Holy Cross be my light, may the dragon never be my overlord. The letters CSPB mean Crux Sancti Patris Benedicti, the cross of our Holy Father Benedict. And there is on the back of the medal, surrounding the cross that is placed on that, um, a, num- a series of letters which refer to a phrase in Latin which uh, translates as Begone Satan, never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. So that medal has a certain exorcism, you might say, in, in a minor sense, uh, an and exorcismic quality to it. Uh, with that beginning of that phrase, Vade retro satana. In other words, step back, Satan, or uh, be gone, uh, be out of my presence. There are a couple of miraculous events that happen in the life of St. Benedict. Someone in an attempt to assassinate him poisoned the wine to be used for consecration at Mass. And during the Eucharistic prayer, the chalice cracked, the poisoned uh, precious blood spilled out so that it could not be consumed. So in Christian artwork, if you see a cracked chalice accompanying St. Benedict, that's the reference you see there. Also, a raven is often portrayed along with St. Benedict as one of these birds uh, swooped down and took a morsel of bread away from him which had been poisoned so that he could not eat it and uh, suffer the, the effects of it. So there are various stories of those uh, about uh, the intercessory power that uh, Benedict has for us. Also, um, keep in mind that uh, there are some reform movements Uh, not reform in the sense of the Benedictines got it wrong and we need to correct something, but offshoots, branches of the tree of uh, the Benedictine uh, tradition and the Catholic Church in terms of the Cistercians. Uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux is really a leader of that group. And the Trappists. The Trappist monks are the order of Cistercians of the strict observance. Uh, These are the men who uh, preserve silence for a great majority of their time each day, uh, who uh, are cloistered and work in apostolates within their community rather than to go out. And uh, Trappist monasteries have a particular interest uh, uh, they they have a particular uh, impact, I guess I sh- I should say, in the life of the church in the United States. You think of the uh, Gethsemane Abbey in Kentucky, where uh, Thomas Merton had been a member, and uh, various other examples, places of deep uh, spiritual commitment, um, sol- solitude, tranquility that uh, those Trappist monasteries provide. A, it's a it's a particular call. It's it's not for anybody, and. Uh, not to say that these guys are sort of the uh, the Navy SEALs of the uh, armed forces as far as the 
um, uh, religious life goes, but it is just another expression and one to which there are numerous men who feel themselves called. And so that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, one thing I wanted to just talk about here, we are in um, the mid-season section. This is not necessarily a religious topic, but uh, of Major League Baseball. The All-Star Game took place a couple of days ago. We're about halfway through, or at least traditionally halfway through the season. For those in our locality who are long-suffering Twins fans, there is a, a hope that is springing forward as they hold a pretty sizable lead in their division over the Cleveland Indians. So, just to ask you, what do you think? Can Minnesota hang on to win the division? Uh, what do they need to do, especially with free agency before the end of July? Do they need any additional pieces to help themselves? Uh, if they do make any moves, my suggestion would be to look at relief pitching, uh, because I don't know if we can expect that the Twins are going to continue to win most of their games by scoring 8 or 10 runs a game. Uh, we need to be able to trust them to win the 2-1 to one game against the likes of Houston or Cleveland. Cleveland. And then there's always the uh, arch nemeses, uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox. They seem almost like a Thanos from the Avengers, that they are inevitable, that they're going to be there in the playoffs. And they seem to be, to borrow another superhero analogy, the kryptonite for Minnesota. So how can we, if it comes to that point, how can we continue to compete and compete well against those various teams? Um, I'm really going to be interested to see how that goes. I'm, I'm not one who is uh, watching baseball very much, but I do try to keep up most every day with the standings to figure out who's playing whom, whether the Twins have won or lost. Actually, they're one of my two teams. I also have a favorite National League team, the San Diego Padres. Uh, not only because of the name. Uh, don't consider me a bandwagon jumper. I've been for numerous reasons that um, I don't have time to get into now a, a fan of uh, San Diego sports teams, even the Chargers in the NFL as they've moved to Los Angeles. So we'll see what happens. It, it's, a, it's a hopeful time for Twins fans. It's been since 1991 that they've last appeared in a World Series, and they won that one in seven games. Uh, they don't have the Metrodome with its enormous noise, but they have a beautiful park, an outdoor park, in the uh, west side of Minneapolis in the Warehouse District, Target Field. If you get a chance to go there, I definitely recommend it, and especially during a year like this where the balls seem to be sailing out of the park and uh, the guys are hitting a lot of home runs. The Twins are on a record-setting pace for home runs this season. So hopefully we can see more of that coming up uh, in the uh, in the future. And I believe that we have a, a question that a listener has left to us. And uh, this is a very important topic that is being brought up here. Um, when it comes to movies... Is there a line between what is acceptable to intake versus what is not? For example, when there are blasphemies in a movie, is there an acceptable number in a movie for still being able to view the movie, or is one too many? How do we make the judgment on this in terms of being a faithful Catholic? Does it differ for different people with where they are in their faith journey? Well, the first thing I want to say about this is that I personally am really disappointed in Hollywood when it comes to this because there are certain aspects of the industry that are concerned with pushing the envelope just for its own sake or as a way of 
getting um, uh, attention. For example, there are movies that uh, you know have a PG or a PG thir- thirteen rating, but uh, are very uh, aggressively taking the name of the Lord in vain, and that is a wound every time I hear something like that. A wound that just registers deep within my heart. You know, when someone takes uh, the name of the Lord Jesus in vain, I feel like saying immediately, blessed be the name of Jesus now and forever as a way of revolting against that. And even on cable television, when they are broadcasting movies, they are not um, silencing or bleeping those blasphemies like they used to 10 and 20 years ago. And that's a real problem. Um, I want to especially take uh, to task some of these uh, uh, for um, these uh, pay-per-view services, uh, HBO and Showtime. And it seems like if they really had a trust of the integrity of their material, they wouldn't have to rely on the easy crutch of vulgarity, uh, whether it be in uh, sexual contact, conduct or in language, in order to make their product stand up for itself. I, I think that's really a sellout. It, it's an easy way out. It's sort of a way for them to say, well, we are doing... Our, our own thing, and we are using artistic license, various things like that. Um, I guess what I would say, generally speaking, is be very careful. It is really, really rare that an R-rated movie uh, deserves our attention, uh, despite that rating. Uh, there have been a couple of uh, couple of instances where that happened, where um, somewhat absurdly, the movie Unplanned had a, an R rating, at least according to some of us, and you think about The Passion of the Christ that uh, came out back in 2004. Um, so when it comes to something like that, please do be very careful. Now, I don't, hold, I don't know a whole lot about the details of this service, but I remember hearing about something called VidAngel, V-I-D-A-N-G-E-L, a service that provides movies with a um, limited amount of censorship in order to remove some of those troubling things so you can get the gist of the story and whatever other creative artistic materials would be present in that film while at the same time not having to subject oneself to the um, the gratuitous uh, vulgarity and the, and the sinful elements that exist in it. It'd be interesting to hear what Bishop Robert Barron would have to say about this because he, I know, has um, often been um, recording Word on Fire segments and placing them on YouTube when there are influential movies um, that uh, have come out and some of them in my opinion were you know just plain garbage things that i wouldn't even you know i I, you'd have to pay me to go to see and even then i don't know if i would do that anywhere any in any um in any event either Uh, my production assistant aaron uh, is also telling me that decentfilms.com is a very good resource and i believe deacon stephen gradanus is the one who heads that up with regard to reviews and and uh, uh, discerning those decisions with regard to watching movies Um, uh, he is a uh, frequent columnist for national catholic register that uh, resource that ewtn runs uh, you may see that newspaper made available in uh, your parishes and in other places as well. ncregister.com, something that I very highly recommend. Um, so when it comes to movies and entertainment, you know, there are a lot of things that I like to see 
with regard to escapism, you know, popcorn movies, the, the, the superhero things of the DC Marvel Comics universe, various things like that. But, uh, when it comes to the, 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 the rated R, the, the limited consumption, the, the raunchy stuff, it's for me, just not worth it. Just not worth it. And if there were uh, a significantly increasing number of people who would get that message across, that we would receive content that would be worthy of our status and our dignity as Christians, and something that we would would well demand. Now, you know, maybe I'm like uh, being Don Quixote, uh, tilting at windmills as I'm saying this, but I think that there are a lot of people who have the same same approach as far as that goes. Another uh, event as we are looking forward to continuing on with our Straight Talk segment, 877-795-0122 is the number. Um, the Women's World Cup took place in soccer. Uh, it was hosted by France, and it took place over about a month's time, with the final match taking place this past Sunday. The U.S. women's national team won their second straight victory. It was pretty interesting to see the the means by which they were playing through there was some controversy with the blowout win a 13 to nothing victory against thailand and with the ways that some of the uh the the ladies were behaving after scoring goals that it was perhaps less than sportsmanly um i sportsmanlike i can definitely relate to what they were saying there without getting into some of the uh, the you know the political baggage that's happening in terms of various individual members of the soccer team just had a couple of uh, um, uh, observations of this uh, victory. Although the U.S. team won all the games in what they call the knockout stage, the single elimination in regulation, definitely the the uh, competition was was uh, was stiff, um, and I thought that uh, Spain's team. Uh, sort of got the short end of the stick. I'm not going to say that they were, you know, that they were hosed or victimized, but we beat Spain two to one because we had two penalty kicks, uh, because of, uh, fouls within, within the box. And were it not for those two penalty kicks, uh, we were in big trouble. So I really want to give props to the uh, Spanish national team. I think they would have been as deserving of winning that championship as anybody else. Uh, one player in particular I really get, uh, I, I really had a lot of admiration for was Alex Morgan. She really had been for the last several years a face of women's soccer, a uh, very, very talented player just to turn 30 years old. She, it seemed to me, seemed to spend half the time lying on the grass and writhing in agony. And I don't think that these were um, embellishments in terms of, you know, somebody scratched me and now I have to fall down to the, on, onto the pitch or anything like that. These women, <laughs> they're tough. They have to be tough in order to play on that level. Now, in my naivete, I thought that it wasn't that routinely physical. And maybe there was a little chauvinism to it that I would expect that the guys would be, you know, pushing and shoving and committing hard fouls and stuff a little bit more frequently. But these gals, I, I tell you what, if I were in one of their positions, I probably would have been one walking bruise of black and blue, you know, after just one half, you know, with the uh, exertion and the contact that's involved in that game. Also, I remember seeing something, uh, an interesting statistic, that um, uh, a statistic about uh, whether it be uh, men or women competing on this level, that the average soccer player is running 
nine to ten miles during the course of a match and consider how often that that is just going full speed trying to catch up to a ball or to defend against the other team there is an enormous amount of physical fitness that's involved there with the uh, uh with with that level of soccer so congratulations to our american team uh it's a lot of work behind the scenes and uh we're we're very proud of what they've accomplished another listener question that has come to us uh, how do we bring sportsmanship to a higher level? How can we be Christian toward the opposing team? Now, we can apply this to a lot of different levels because there are all sorts of people who are in an amateur setting. Let's say you're playing City League softball once a week or you know men's rec basketball, volleyball, various things like that. Or let's say you have children, elementary or high school age children who are in athletics. Uh, how do we bring sportsmanship to a higher level? Well, for one thing, keep focused on the action on the field rather than uh, accusations of an individual. Um, if we can prevent ourselves from crossing that line, you know where uh, you know uh, that you know that that uh, that play was offside or that sort of thing, rather than to say, you know, what's your problem, ref? Can't you you know can't you see what's going on? Various those things, various things like that. I think also from chapter 7 of the Gospel of Matthew, the golden rule is also very applicable. Uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is the law and the prophets. If we are wondering whether our actions are uh, improper, obnoxious, offensive, let's put ourselves in the shoes of the recipient. How would we feel if we were receiving that sort of fee that sort of feedback from somebody? Would it be something that was all in good fun, or would it be something that was um, what was insulting and demeaning? Um, and then you know various kinds of stunts and and things that a um, a crowd that spectators would do. Uh, people have to be careful. I remember um, years ago I was at a basketball game where certain members of a student body of a school, and I'll just go ahead and say it, it was a Catholic high school. Um, during the first time that the opponents were shooting free throws, a whole bunch of the kids took out large pieces of newspaper and held them up as if to be. Reading them as a way of saying, "Oh, this is so uninteresting." You know, there's no way this kid's going to make his free throws, so we're just going to read the paper, that sort of thing. I tell you what, I have never heard venom from people the way I did from uh, those in the stands beside me saying, "Father, they're Catholic students. It's a Catholic school. How can you, uh, you know, abide by that?" Or saying things like, "You know, doesn't this hurt the uh, annual appeal when you see?" you know students acting like this so unfortunately nobody is immune from this and it can happen both in a public and in a catholic school setting so when it comes to those sorts of crass uh, actions of ridicule um, you know we've got to put that aside we can't dive into those things and get caught up in them um, let's be you know very creative and positive with regard to ourselves maybe the team you're cheering for is struggling and is hardly going to win any games all year that doesn't mean that we are doing things that are crude to tear the other team down it means that sportsmanship is to build up uh, one another so that's I guess what I would have to say about that you know be invested in the lives of the children but parents please realize that sports and extracurricular activities 
are just one piece of the puzzle and are not things that are meant to dominate everything else. So we're relying on you to tell your coaches that you as a family have priorities that cannot be violated. The celebration of Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation, um, a, a correct proportion of time when it comes to uh, getting chores done at home, uh, doing homework, various things like that. Uh, the more that you acquiesce, the more problems we are going to be facing in general as a culture. And I'm not just speaking on the per, on the perspective of a priest in the parish, in terms of somebody who is, um, you know, hoping to facilitate successful youth programs or other sorts of things like that, or to build up his faith community. I'm talking about the people themselves. So we are really relying on you to be able to keep up that standard, too. So thanks for bringing that question to us as well as we look at some of these events. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention, coming up later this week, and I alluded to this briefly earlier on, um, St. Louis and Zeli uh, Martin uh, are a newly canonized couple, the parents of St. Therese of Lisieux, and canonized together as husband and wife. It's a, a powerful uh, recourse that we have for their intercession. So let's remember them on their memorial tomorrow. And we have a call coming in from uh, Susie and Gillette. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Oh, thank you. Here's my question. Uh, I brought a St. Benedict medal to one of our associate pastors and asked for the St. Benedict blessing, and he didn't know where to find it. Ah, yes, indeed. Um, well, what's happened in recent years is that the uh, Book of Blessings has become a primary resource for priests and deacons to bless religious articles. But the problem with the Book of Blessings is that it's become rather generalized and vague. And so what happens is that we've lost touch with some of these beautiful uh, prayers and blessings. And so I would say that the most effective way to find that would be to do a um, do an online search uh, blessing of St. Benedict medal and you can find various different texts that correspond to that and uh, it, it's a, it, it's a, a great gift to be able to do that um, it, I don't want to fault anyone in particular for not having that available it's just one of the um, unfortunate trends I think that we've seen at least in the church in the United States recently where some of these um, uh, older um, uh, traditional blessings have not been available. But if you were to do a search on the internet or have the parish office do a search of that uh, blessing of the St. Benedict Medal, um, there would be ample um, English translations available that they could provide and, and then use. So that's what I would recommend that you do. Okay, so thank that's you. great information. Yes, thank yes, you. indeed. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling, Susie, and thank you for listening. We just have a couple of minutes left in our Straight Talk segment, 877-795-0122. And um, one more thing that I want to mention as a uh, prayer request. There are a lot of... Um, concerning things that are happening in mainland China and in some of the uh, neighboring areas, the islands of, Hi of uh, Hong Kong and Taiwan. Um, there are uh, lots of people who are being abducted, 
being held without anything that we would consider due process uh, being made to disappear. Um, there is an ethnic group of uh, Sunni Muslims from the uh, western portion of what is now China called the Uyghurs, uh, U-I-G-H-U-R-S. It's presumed that perhaps a million of them are being detained in what are called re-education camps. Uh, that in itself is a pretty scary phrase. Um, there have been some very widely publicized protests among hundreds of thousands of people in Hong Kong, uh, a unique situation, uh, a territory that had been given over to Chinese governance um, from the British, I would say about 20 or 25 years ago, somewhere in that neighborhood. And there is a definite stamp of those Western values of um, representative democracy within that culture. And mainland China really doesn't have a, uh, a respect or a cultivation of those same sorts of things. And so people in Hong Kong are, are alarmed about the possibility of officials uh, abducting them or members of their family and uh, taking them, extraditing them to mainland China for crimes, whether real or contrived, and not really having any recourse in terms of what they're going to do about those things. Um, so that's a, a concern that a lot of people have. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Hong Kong uh, and for the many Christians who are having to live a very clandestine sort of life that uh, their uh, dignity and uh, an opportunity to religious liberty may continue to be upheld for them. So thank you for very much for joining us in our Straight Talk segment today. Uh, thanks for uh, those who called in with their questions. Rem remember that this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday. Coming up, we'll have the joy of sharing who was chosen during Honor Our Fathers, and we'll, we'll speak with Bishop Robert Gruce on his final thoughts before he begins a new assignment, and we will also have our 10-minute tour. All of that and more coming up next hour here on Real Presence Live. Please stay with us. <laughs> 